0: Welcome to Copy Chief Radio. I'm your host Kevin Rogers. This is the show where you hear directly from all the experts at CopyChief.com. How to write better, sell more, and have a greater impact using the power of your words. Let's do it. Welcome back. Copy Chief Radio. It's Kev Rogers here. Thanks for tuning in and hanging with us. As always, I'm going to make the best of your time. We've got about 20 minutes in front of us, and my guest today is uh, Peter Michaels. Pete is a really great copywriter. He's been an, he's a founding member of Copy Chief, and uh, you know he's got a lot of uh, experience in tech and entrepreneurial markets. Uh, he's worked a lot in personal development. Uh, health and arts Uh, I like Pete's uh, style man he uh, calls himself the rock and roll copywriter so right there he and I are bonding on that level Uh, but Pete is you know like most copywriters into a lot of interesting stuff uh, beyond just sales copy and marketing I don't think uh, we can be our best copywriting selves if we stay so myopically focused on everything marketing and so uh, Pete had a recent uh, great thing he shared in the group uh, uh, that he took from reading some fiction, in particular reading uh, some Stephen King novels, and he's calling it snapshot copy. And I love this because it's about sort of using, you know, creating small moments in sales copy that really bond with the reader, you know, where it's, uh, it's just a, a, a way to get a more emotional And I'm telling you, when you can inject that into a sales letter, it's a transcending moment where the reader feels like, okay, this person really understands me, uh, and I'm enjoying, I'm indulging in this piece of copy. It isn't, you know, it it really helps kind of uh, lower their resistance to the idea that they're about to be sold something. It becomes the conversation that we want to have when we can create these small mo- uh, moments. Um, and so so it's great to have Pete here to talk us through uh, how he's using these and share some great examples today so you can start injecting this stuff into your copy. So, Pete, thanks for being here, brother. Hey, man, it's good to be here. Well, this would be fun, man. So tell me first um, – uh, you know, what was the moment that uh, this occurred to you? And it was—is this something you've been using in your copy all along, or was this kind of a light bulb moment as you were reading the Stephen King novels? Mm, well, uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of both, really. I think it's something that
1: a lot of copywriters use. Um, you know, we we try to get down to the details. We know, you know, we know the craft. We know the the format of sales letters and about pages and, and uh, you know, landing pages and copy like that. And we always try to sprinkle in, uh, you know, details. We, we try to get something, create something that isn't just vague, that doesn't just tick the boxes. And I think uh, emotion-driven copy is something that we all strive for. And I think the realization uh, that, that this was a type of thing probably came to me during the many hours I spent last summer reading uh, Stephen King's It!, which is one of you know a big book writer's biggest books. It's a ridiculous sized novel that I was carrying around with me all over the place last summer. <laughs> and just you know, finding all these examples in there where um, it kind of reminded me of good sales copy because there was a lot of there's a lot of detail when he describes uh, you know, a scene with a protagonist in it. He doesn't just describe like a kid walking down a street. He goes into such detail and it pulls you right in there, you know, and I think it's something that, uh, you know, great copywriters have done decent copywriters do pretty well. And it's, you know, it's something that, that can really, uh, elevate pretty good sales copy into being something that people want to read, you know, they should want to read it before they can get right. to your, before they think about buying something that, you know, you've got to get them into it. Um, yeah. and so I started to see some of the parallels there.
0: All right. So let's read, um, I'm going to read one of your examples, by the way, you wrote a great article. Uh, on copychief.com for the blog about this, which we will link in the show notes. You can find the show notes, by the way, at copychief.com forward slash CCR. You can search for uh, Pete Michaels there. And also, Pete, let's give your URL right now because I know you set up a special page on your website where people can go and get this full report where you lay lay out how to do this snapshot uh, copy. So give us that URL.
1: Yeah, so it's the snapshot copy formula. And that is at rockandrollcopy.com slash ccradio.
0: Great. So I'm going to read uh, your uh, example from the article. From This is from Stephen uh, King's uh, uh, 1986 epic novel, It. And it says, A small boy in a yellow slicker in red galoshes ran cheerfully along beside the newspaper boat. The rain had not stopped, but it was finally slackening. It tapped on the yellow hood of the boy's slicker, sounding to his ears like rain on a shed roof, a comfortable, almost cozy sound. The boy in the yellow slicker was George Denborough. He was six. That's great. So why does that stand out to you, Pete? Like, what is it about that particular passage that we can say, aha, that is what we need to achieve in our copy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is one of his more famous passages. I guess anyone who's seen the uh, kind of slowly hokey uh, TV movie that came out in the early 90s is going to remember this. And. uh you know, there's going to be a remake, uh, I think later next year as well. And these are the kind of things that, that people are looking for. Um, but this particular scene, it really comes to life because of the detail that he includes there. It's not just like a boy. It's not just like a kid in the street. Um, you know, when he tells the tale, he doesn't say like, you know, one, one day, this, this kid, uh, lost his, lost his boat in the street. And then, you know, the stuff that happens after it happens, it's like, you're right there. You can picture him because of the yellow slicker, right? The mm-hmm. red galoshes mm-hmm. and he's running cheerfully along, um, uh, you know, the rain, the rains, the rain hadn't stopped, but it was finally slackening. That's not just saying it was raining, mm-hmm. right? It was, right. The, you know, everybody could kind of identify with that, you know, that, that sense of, uh, the rain, uh, is just kind of, you know, changing pace. Um, you know, the fact that he says it sounds to his ears like rain on a shed roof. So you've got like an image within the image there. It's a comfortable, comfortable, almost cozy sound, you know? So it's like, this is like the calm before, uh, well, the can't before the storm to mix metaphors, but this is like, you know, this is like the preparation before, uh, before something happens. And he reiterates, you know, the yellow slicker. He gives him a name. He tells you his age. Uh, you know, it, it may not be the most um, literary passage that you'll ever read, but it does, it does everything to pull you right in there with yeah. the kid, right? Exactly, and So it right. sets you up for what's about to happen.
0: Yeah. It makes you care because you see it vividly and instinctively our brains start to fill in the gaps of times that we may have felt the rain on our slicker and we know exactly what that sounds like, right? And so mm-hmm. again, it's a bonding moment because instinctively great storytelling brings us to a place that's personal to us. Uh, And so you don't always have to say, maybe you can relate or maybe there's been a time in your life where you were walking in the rain, you know, it just, just just say it, say it vividly and and people's minds and and they'll appreciate that you're not spoon feeding them. Right. And you're not being so so, sort of blatant and obvious in your desire to bring them somewhere. That's the power of the snapshot copy um, is that, It does all the work for you if you put a little effort into writing it well. Um, So yeah, and of course in copy, you know, we
1: we would be talking about you, the reader, a lot of the time. And this is a description of somebody else, but Mm it still pulls them in, um, you know, because it creates a protagonist that you can see.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's I think it's perfectly. It's it's a powerful tactic to have a protagonist in your. Yeah, a lot of times we write in second person, you know, Mm -hmm. you, 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 but give examples, or you could use this in testimonials for instance right um yeah you know it's our job as copywriters to get the emotional story from uh either are directly from uh, a testimonial someone who used the product or if we're using more like uh, Ryan Levesque's ask method where we're sort of mining uh people's explanation of the problem before they've solved Mm. it. There's tons of literary license we can use in sharing that pain. It's powerful to use people's own words, but it's just as powerful to take a little bit of literary license because we're not quoting someone directly, so it's perfectly fine to do this, right? And say, yeah, imagine a man uh, struggling with this and that and then get vivid with it, right? Mm. Um, So let's talk about Let's now sort of juxtapose the King example with uh, something directly from an ad. And who better uh, to give us a vivid imagery example than my personal favorite writer slash my my favorite writer who happens to be a copywriter, uh, John (laughs) Carlton. So you give an example, Pete, from John's famous uh, arthritic golfer ad, Um. And in this little piece, uh, John is writing about Daryl Klassen, who's the arthritic overweight hero of the ad, and it, it reads like this. Back then he was using an ancient, permissive headed McGregor driver and hitting those sloppy rubber band wound liquid core balata balls that were so uneven and so fragile they would slice open with a perfectly hit three wood. And then in parentheses it says, remember? Even so, with his simple secret, Daryl was hitting true 350 yard drives. So again, Pete, I'll let you describe why this stuck out to you, but it's just a, a tremendous piece of writing
1: yeah i mean this is this is slightly different from the uh from the the novel example, because of course this is somebody speaking directly to their target market. Mm-hmm. So like where a lot of us can identify with that feeling uh, you know that we can we can picture the kid going down the, the rainy street this is very different because as a, as a copyright he's only interested in speaking to his target market so you know a lot of those terms in there I don't know what they are you know I've, I've never played around a round of golf in my mind in my life but um, the people that have so his target market people who did just pick up a, a golf club you know a week ago they're gonna know exactly what all that uh, you know, rubber band wound liquid core stuff. It means, right. and they're going to remember. You know, when people were using that kind of uh, that kind of um, equipment, that that wouldn't. You know, it w- it would only really do the job if you were really, really great at golf. So that's the point that he's making. So, this is you know, a, a copywriter taking um, a similar approach, but he's deliberately leaving out the ninety five percent of people who might read this if they came across it. But wouldn't necessarily resonate with it. So it doesn't matter. It's, he's going after that 5% or whatever percent mm-hmm. it is, you know, the, the target market that actually understand um, you know, that kind of that kind of feel, you know, and the fact that he even says remember. You know, he's kind of like breaking the fourth wall there. He's he's speaking right. to people's sense of nostalgia, which again is a very, you know, that's that's something that kind of comes into the the uh the piece that I've written about snapshot copy because nostalgia is one of those. You know, it's one of those emotions that's quite easily conjured up and something that brings us, uh, you know, grabs your attention. If somebody shares a memory of something with you, you know, that's just a, that's a very, very easy way to get their attention. If someone's sharing a story about something that you both experienced, And so this is a little bit like that.
0: That's right. Yeah. And, and think about when you're in the context of, say, a cocktail party or a dinner party. And the conversation is good. I imagine four people standing around together. One of them telling a story about something that they recently experienced in life. And, you know, uh, one or all of the other people listening sort of can't wait to share their story because <laughs> uh, they're immediately thinking of something that they experienced that's like that. Right, and so mm-hmm. again, it's a one-sided conversation, but it is that visceral effect of it it, it. it creates that back and forth in the reader's mind, so it feels much more like a, an actual conversation. Right? Uh, yeah. Bad writing, um, special, especially like bad second-person writing, is it feels one-sided. You know, and it feels like a little like a lecture or uh is something that you have to endure just to just to get the information you're after great copywriting feels like a two-way conversation even though there's only one person talking
1: yeah i mean the aim is to the aim is to help them feel something so it's not about telling them how they should feel mm-hmm. you know it's, it's not like kind of describing to someone saying you know oh this you know uh you you're, you're going to feel this or you're going to feel that it's it's more subtle and that's what engages people uh you know in a more long-term setting say like a sales letter or something like that if you can kind of give them uh it's emotional signifiers that they will that will resonate with them rather than describing to them how they're going to feel
0: uh, you know people are going to stay with you a lot longer absolutely yeah very cool examples all right so um so we know what this is and how it's being used. Uh, where else do you see this, Pete?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's uh, you know, you see it in a lot of novels, obviously. You get it in music. You know, Springsteen is, uh, is I know, is a big kind of touchstone for you as well as me. We've talked about this before. But he's, you know, he's great at just kind of peppering, particularly his early work. You know, the stuff like you're right there on the boardwalk with him. With uh, descriptions of scenes, he uses people's names. You know, they're, they're kind of, doesn't matter if they're, imaginary or people that he knew uh, if you the listener doesn't know them it doesn't matter it's the fact that he's he's got a name for something you know and he's got he uses street names and he uses you know the time time of the day and nothing ever happens in just like a kind of an ordinary saying there's always something in there that he he can pull out um you know this is just gonna
0: sprung from cages out on highway nine yeah you yeah, know, exactly. It's like Highway Nine. It's like you don't need to have been on Highway Nine to yeah. see very vividly on your in your mind what that must like look like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, through through music it's it's obviously very uh, it's a very emotional kind of medium anyway, and there's there's all kinds of people doing it. There's a band called the Felice Brothers. Uh, who do it this, these days a lot there's a lot of kind of self self mythologizing around them i guess you would you would call it and they just refer to characters that have come up in different songs you know people come back and forth and so that's a very kind of springsteenian thing and you know i think people i think people really you know enjoy it because um it just brings something to life and it, in sales copy you know it's going to be partly entertainment right it's 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 about kind of getting people involved so that you're not just turning them off when you hit them with a sales message, you know, it's a very
0: subtle kind of approach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, cool, man. And so, um, let's talk about how writers can use this to, to really improve their copy.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, to answer the early question, I think uh, about when this occurred to me, I was thinking about focus I was thinking about focus in marketing and, um, there are various different ways that marketing has lacked focus. you know you can do good marketing you can create a good sales message that ticks a lot of boxes but if you really want to elevate it uh, to that next level it's these kind of moments sixty second sales hook is a good kind of example you know um, the, the fact that when people you know because people do those kind of uh, uh, reviews of sixty-second sales hooks in in Copy chief Yeah, that's the right place for them, right? right, the best place for. Them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of the time, it's just kind of bringing bringing something, something specific about themselves. So rather than it just being like another kind of uh, you know hero journey, with a with a, like an origin story and, and and a dragon to kill and roadblock to to overcome, it's about what that specifically is for you. And so when you know that's a good way to expand on that, you can create a good. Um, about page message, for instance, with this kind of thing. Right. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be sales copy. I mean, we, we're using it in sales copy, but um, you know, about pages describing how you got into something. Um, you know, particularly if you're somebody who's created your own product, uh, if you can bring across in a in a visceral way that people can visualize the moment when your product or your service solved that problem for you, and if you can just kind of you know, put something in there like, you know, what that felt like, what time of day it was when you had this realization. Did you share it with somebody? Did you run off to, you know, to just uh, tell your nearest and dearest about what happened and who were they? You know, was it your partner? Was it your dad? You know, just those moments when you had a breakthrough. If you can just bring that to life with something that's unique to your experience of that, it makes a lot more sense when you're reading it. It just kind of it keeps people engaged when, you know, they're expecting where the beats are. You know they're expecting right. where it's like, okay, this is where somebody's making a discovery. This is where they're going to tell me that it's going to work for me too. Right. And so you can kind of break down those those walls, those um, objections. Yeah. With more specific copy.
0: Yeah, it's great. Great. It, it keeps it unpredictable. And again, it's just it it, it deepens the bond because, uh, and all it takes is really if you can create a moment like that up front. And this is why you would stick with a novel as thick as it <laughs> and carry it around with you all summer like an appendage uh, just just to get through the thing, right? Uh, here comes Pete with his, with his giant yeah. book again, you know? With his, with his, with his dog on a leash. <laughs> right. It's because you were won over and sucked in by those moments and you you cared for these characters and it's, it's – uh, I think the message here is don't forget that what works in great fiction uh, needs to be present in great sales copy. If you look at the great control ads, especially the stuff sort of pre-internet that, uh, you know, I'm thinking of Paris, Lampropolis and, and Deutsch, and, and mm-hmm. all the you know, certainly Halbert and Carleton, uh, they, they uh, wrote in a way they took their time a little bit more right and yeah you, because they were writing to somebody and they were pitching like this person is going to sit down on their couch and if we can get them to open this and, and start reading we need to make it visceral and we need to bond very quickly just like as you're deciding if you're going to stick with the novel or anything else any other piece of writing so mm. don't uh forego this element of copywriting just because it's so easy to to get it out fast and it's so we have sort of unlimited space in our in our pixel platforms like really think about the reader and how they're sitting there receiving this and uh, use this snapshot copy formula that Pete's sharing and I, I'm, I'm sure you'll see a huge difference in your writing, in your conversions, and it'll feel a lot better to you. It'll help you describe. And have to, uh, yeah. What's what's important uh, about your product and the benefits beyond just the the bullets that you create for it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and it's not like you have to suddenly become an author, or you suddenly yeah. have to become Springsteen and start kind of you know throwing poetry throughout your. Out your words, you know, you can do it simply you start off with maybe just two or three, uh, you know, two or three small moments that are built on memories or, you know, fear and desire are really good places to start. Mm-hmm. And so this is something I talk about in the article more, um, in the report, it's about, you know, fear is, is like on one side of the fence and desire is on the other side of the fence. And, um, people have very, very distinct experiences of those you know one person's fear is very different to another person's and so when you get people to describe this and again this is this can come from your research it can come from uh, case studies and testimonials and whatever you've uncovered in a survey Uh, people describe you know if you can get across what it feels like to continue without the product then you know you really really start to illustrate something that people can identify and they start to they still think, okay, well, that's, yeah, that's definitely something I don't want. And it's the same with, you know, describing the experience of, uh, of when the product uh, solves that problem. Mm-hmm. Fear and desire, you know, the two sides of that coin. Right. And the other one is Im- imagery. You know, it doesn't, if you can conjure up an image, it doesn't necessarily have to uh, instill fear or desire in somebody. But if you can just kind of bring them together with like a memory or a cultural reference, you know, like, like uh, Stephen King does it all the time, you know, with cultural references. You know, he talks about different, different types of beer. Uh, in that novel that were around in the fifties, and so you know yes. people that were around at that time will remember those because part of the book is set in uh, the fifties, and the other part is when they're growing up in the eighties. Just those kind of cultural references and street names and stuff. Right. Those, those, you know, they don't have to be.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Exactly. Authenticity. That kind of much maligned word in, in marketing these days. This is a great way to, uh, uh, to to you know to bring that together. Yeah.
0: Fantastic, Pete. Thanks for doing this, man. This is really insightful. A lot of fun, and you know, I really want people to come and see the show notes because we'll give you links uh, to all the stuff, so you can read Pete's article, you can see these examples, read them again, uh, see them in action for yourself. Uh, it's it's great stuff, and this will really make a big difference in your copywriting. So again, Pete, it's uh, rockandrollcopy.com dot com forward slash cc radio. Correct? That's right. That's right. All right, that's the URL to get uh, and go there and you can uh, get Pete's full report all about uh, Snapshot Copy and uh, you can read his article here at copychief.com forward slash CCR. Thanks for doing this, brother. We'll do it again soon, man. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you dug the show. Come on over to CopyChief.com. That's where you'll find all the backlog, all the transcribes, all the show notes, and all the free weekly copywriting tips. CopyChief.com.